Wow, what a, what a God, you know? Mm. And what an honor just to be able to praise him, that he would not just accept our praise, but delight in it, you know? It's incredible, it's incredible. Well, I apologize, you do not have a handout, you know, worship guide this morning, and that's because... Uh, we fully anticipated that uh, our missionary was going to be here and sharing the word, so I was not able to get that for you. But uh, I do have uh, a presentation you'll be able to follow along with on the screen, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to uh, take some, some notes and follow along anyway uh, on the space that's provided there on your bulletin. Um, we started off the new year last week talking about the God who goes before. The God who goes before. And we said that there is nothing that is unknown to us that is unknown to him. That all that is unknown and uncertain and unsure to us, particularly as we look ahead at the new year, it's, it's known by him. And it's not just known, it's directed and ordered and organized and planned by him. And, and because he is a good, good father, a perfect father, a perfect God, we can go forward knowing that he's got all of this, and he's got us. We ended with Joshua 1.9, where God says to Joshua, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for I will be with you wherever you go. And that's our promise as well. What I want to do this morning is pick up in Joshua 1, Verses 5 through 6, we'll just briefly be here before we go on to the text that we'll be focusing on uh, for the most part in our time this morning together. Joshua has just been given an incredible responsibility. He has been Moses' servant for a number of years. Now Moses is no longer the leader. Moses has been called home with God. And now the responsibility of leading this, this host of people, millions and millions of people, has now fallen to Joshua. And it's not just leading them, it's leading them to the land promised to them. The land that they were to go in and possess. And so I just want you to, with that in mind, pick up at verse 5. Joshua 1 verse 5 says this. This is God speaking to Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you As I was with Moses. That's very important. That's significant. I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. Here's why. For you are the one. You, Joshua, are the one. Who will lead these people to possess all the land. I swore to their ancestors... I would give them. What Joshua had to do here, as he looked ahead at the task that God was giving him, as he looked at all the people he was to lead, as he looked at the land he was to lead them to, as he heard all that God was saying to him, Joshua had to make a decision. Am I going to trust this God who has said all this to me or not? Am I going to trust what he said? Or not. See, before he could move forward, before the people he was to lead could move forward, 
He had to determine in his heart for himself that God was trustworthy and that he was going to trust this God. And that he was going to trust all that God promised to him. Before any forward motion can occur, that's what has to occur in the heart and the mind. It's a decision. It's a choice. I will trust. I will trust this God who's calling me forward. All that he's calling me into. All that he's calling me to be. All that he's calling me to do. I can trust him in it. And that's what has to be determined before you take a single step. Because if you try to go forward into all that God's calling you to, without trusting him fully, you're going to fall. And you're going to fail. Because it all hinges on your trusting God. And trust is completely a choice. It's not something that anybody can force you into doing. It's not something that somebody can force you into having. You know, think of your kids. When they're first born and when they're little for a couple years, you don't have to convince them that they can trust you. Like, you don't have to, 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 to sell them on that, right? They trust you anyway for a little while. You know, when, when they're first born, they're one, they're two, maybe, maybe three, they're going to just trust you by default because they don't know any better, first of all. And second, because, I mean, you're their whole world during that time. You're everything to them. And then as they get a little bit older, and the more they get older, the more they get older, the more you have to actually talk to them and work with them on their need and their ability to trust you. And, and it's, it's a little harder every year they get older for them to decide I'm going to trust mom or dad on this and this and this, on everything. They're, they're absolutely trustworthy. Whatever they say, I know I can take it to the bank. Whatever they say, I know is absolutely right for me. They know what's best for me. I can trust them fully and I'm going to. Not so much, right? The older they get, the, the, that's when the, the choosing and the deciding for themselves comes in. Trusting is always a choice. And that's what exactly that's what was before Joshua. That's what was before the, the nation of Israel. They had to determine God is trustworthy. We can trust Him. We're going to trust Him. And when it comes to trusting God, a lot of trusting Him for the future comes down to looking back in the past and seeing all the ways God was faithful. It's looking back and seeing all the ways He came through. All the ways he showed up. His resume of faithfulness, if you will. And, and the nation of Israel had a lot they could do that with. I mean, they, they had just been rescued, delivered mightily from the hand of Egypt. The world's biggest empire of that day. They had seen God do all kinds of miracles on their behalf. They had seen all the, the promises that he had promised for a long, long time finally come to be. Joshua himself saw all kinds of evidence of God's faithfulness as he served faithfully alongside Moses. He saw things and heard things that no one else did because he was right there with Moses when Moses talked to God. He saw God's power on display on the mountain. He saw all kinds of wonders. And he had known God personally and powerfully. 
So that's why God said to him, Joshua, you don't need to be afraid. As I'm calling you forward and as you go forward into all that is unknown to you, you don't have to be afraid because I'm going to be with you exactly how I was with Moses. In all the ways I was with him, in all the ways I was faithful and good to him, Joshua, I'm going to be faithful and good to you. And Joshua could think back to all the ways that he had seen God be so faithful and so good to his leader, Moses. All those conversations, all the times that the Bible says God spoke to Moses as as a person speaks to his friend face to face, Joshua was there, he saw that, he witnessed it. And so he could think back on all the ways God showed up with Moses and that Moses was never alone and he could take heart in knowing that he would not be alone either. And as they're looking at the, the promised land before them and all the hosts of people that they had to work, walk through and contend with and deal with, they could think back to all the promises that God gave. Verse 6 says, You're the one, Joshua, you're the one that's going to lead the people to possess all the land that I swore, that I promised, that I covenanted with their ancestors that I would give them. I promised, Joshua, and now I'm delivering on my promise. See, as we, as we think back on all that God has done for us, all the ways he's come through, all of his faithfulness, all of his goodness, all the ways he deals personally with us, as we look back in our lives and we see example after example after example of how God came through, it really comes down to a logical decision. As we think about trust... It doesn't have to be some vague, mystical thing. It really is very much logical. If God showed up in all those times in my past, if my personal history is full of the hand of God being good, if I see all these evidences of His blessing and His faithfulness and His power on display in my life over and over again, all through my life up to this point, And if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then then logically, logically, there is no reason whatsoever to think he will not continue to be faithful and good and full of blessing in my life every day forward. We have to think in that way. That has to be our perspective. And that's really what comes down to our decision to trust God or not. Has he been faithful? Yes. Is he the same? Always. Yes, or he can't be God. Therefore, I can and I will trust him for what's next. You know, the dictionary defines trust in this way. It says, trust is firm belief, firm belief in the reliability Truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Trust is firm belief in the reliability, truth, the ability, or strength of someone or something. Before the uh, definition clicked on there, you saw the person falling back. That's a trust fall. Anybody ever done the trust fall? Yeah? Yeah? I thought about having Pastor Scott do that with me up here, but 
I didn't trust him enough. You wouldn't either. You know that. <laughs> no, it wasn't so much him. I thought, you know, I wouldn't be able to actually convincingly fall back like I'd put my foot back or something. I'd blow the whole illustration. So I just forwent that. But, you know, trust fall, if you ever went to camp of any sort, trust fall is a big, you know, team-building exercise. And it's where they have you stand up on some type of height, and uh, everybody is on the ground, and, and they're standing across from each other, and they're linking arms, and the person is up on this height, and sometimes they're blindfolded. That, that adds a little extra fear to it. And they're supposed to hold their arms like this. And, and you count off. And then the, when they're getting ready to fall back, they say, falling. And the people on the ground are supposed to say what? Wow. That's really convincing. I'm going to just fall right away. They're supposed to say what? Man, you guys, just wake up. Wake up. They're supposed to say, fall on. And supposed to say it loudly. So, you, so the person up there is convinced that they can fall, all right? So, yeah, they, they fall back, and everybody's supposed to catch them. And it really isn't supposed to matter how tall or, or how heavy the person falling is. The way you're positioned and the way you, you support, you're supposed to work. Sometimes, though, it, it doesn't work so well. And, and, um, and then that, that really does something to the person's trust, right? They're, they're not going to get back up and do it probably for a lot lot longer because they had a bad uh, experience if they fell. Uh, I've done that myself uh, many times, and I don't think I've ever fallen through. I think I've been caught every time. But it, it's an exercise in, in trust, right? But really, it's blind trust. You are, you are hoping that everybody below you is going to catch you without any problem. You're like You're hoping that's going to work. You're hoping you're not going to fall right on your head through them, or that they're going to be distracted and not even catch you at all. You're, you're hoping that, you're anticipating it, but there's no guarantee. I mean, it's really just totally blind. It's a chance. There, there's, just, there's really zero reliability there. You're just falling, and, and hopefully they'll, they'll catch you. Now, if you've done it, and they caught you, and you do it, and they catch you again, then you can, you can have a, a fairly good sense that they're going to keep catching you. But man, that first time... You don't know. <laughs> that's, that's part of the, the scariness of it. Um, but when it comes to trusting God, it's not really a blind exercise at all. Because what we're doing when we're trusting God is we're putting all of our weight on who He is. We're putting all of our momentum, we're putting all of our hope on perfect God and a perfect Father who has a perfect history of coming through perfectly. That's what we're doing when we're trusting God. It's not just falling back without any evidence to support the fact that I'm going to be caught. It's not just falling back with this blind hope that, oh, I hope that I don't just fall flat on my face. It's not, I'm going to fall back and I hope he's strong enough to catch me and hold me up. No, when we're trusting God, it's a sure thing. It's a sure thing. All the time. Every time. I want you to turn in your Bibles or on your devices, or you can follow along as well on the screen, to Proverbs 3. 
5 and 6. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. That's going to be our, our main text that we'll spend the rest of our time here together looking at and considering. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. And though this was written centuries after Joshua, he certainly was someone who embodied what is said here in these verses, the challenge, the command that we receive here. He certainly followed it. He lived his life in that way. Proverbs 3, verse 5. We're going to just take this very slowly. We're going to take each phrase and line apart piece by piece because there is so much in just these two verses that communicates so much about what trust looks like, what we're to do with it, and what the result of our trust in God will be every single time. There's so much here, I don't want you to miss it. So we're, we're going to just be very careful as we proceed through this. The first verse, verse 5, the first phrase, the first word says, trust, trust. Remember what trust is, the definition. It's a good definition that the dictionary defines it as firm belief. Firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability or strength of someone or something. So the first word we see here is trust. And it really is. Trust is is putting your weight behind something. Putting your weight on something. Letting all that you are come to bear on the thing or the person you're trusting in. All your weight on it. And, And we trust all the time in life. We all do it. Whether you're you're a Christian or not, I mean all of humanity trusts constantly. I mean, we're trusting our cars as soon as we get in them to get us safely to our destination. We trust our homes to protect us and keep us safe while we're in them. I mean, most of us, most of us don't lie awake at night, you know, wringing our hands. I wonder if the roof's going to fall on me. Some of you may. And, and, and you know what? We have a couple of professional counselors in our group that would, would love to set up an appointment with you. If that's you, and, you know, hey, call me, call the office, set up an appointment. But you, you know what I'm saying? Most of us, we don't struggle with, with that kind of paranoia or that fear. I mean, we just do it. We get in our car, we go. We get in our house, and we're there. We trust the food that we fix or have fixed for us, that it's not going to make us sick and hurt us. We just, I mean, we eat it, right? There's trust exercised all the time. You're doing it right now. I mean, all your weight is on these chairs. You're trusting that they will hold you up. I mean, I don't see anybody, you know, like this, not really sitting down. I mean, you're just, you just sit, right? Well, that's the easy part of trust. The hard part of trust comes in when it deals with trusting people, trusting relationships. And for some, that's really hard. I mean, I mean you know, there's some of us, by God's grace and, and in our lives and our circumstances, we really haven't had that many negative examples of trust or we haven't seen our trust violated or broken really that much if i mean if that's you hey praise god for that because there are a lot of people and and i'm sure a lot of people here right now in this room who would say wow wouldn't that be nice but that's not my experience and for many 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 people trusting someone else is the hardest thing you could ever ask them to do in their life because of all the times where their trust has been not just violated, but just totally destroyed, dashed to pieces, over and over and over again. So when it comes to trusting anyone, again, it's almost impossible for them. But here we're told to trust, to put all of our weight 
in the Lord. And that's significant. The Bible didn't just say trust. It's good to trust. You really need to trust. Trust people. Trust others. It doesn't say that. It challenges us to focus all of our energy and all of our trust in the one person who will never violate your trust, in the one person who will never let you down, in the one person who will always, for all of eternity, be completely trustworthy, that is Almighty God. Trust in the Lord. Put all of your weight of your trust on Him and know it rests securely there. Our word, the, the Lord there, the, the word, our English word, Lord, it's really Yahweh. It's the proper name of God all throughout the Old Testament. It's Jehovah. It's Almighty God. It's the Eternal One, the Self-Existent One. It's all that He's always been, He will always be. Remember when Moses encountered God in the burning bush? And he said, when God said, I want you to go to my people Israel, tell them I have sent you, that I have come to deliver them. Moses said, I don't know your name, because he stuttered. Who will I tell them sent me? And God says, I am. Tell them I am has sent you. And I am is I am always that which I am. That's what that means. All that I've been, I am now, and I will always be. That's who you're supposed to trust in. That's who we're called to trust in. Not mankind who will at some point always let you down no matter who they are. Not the government who will always let you down. Always. You are, and I am, called here to trust in the Lord, the great I am, the one who is always reliable, always dependable, always able and capable to come to our aid, always full of the truth, always endless in his power and ability. That's who we're to trust in. Trust in the Lord, in Yahweh, in Almighty God. And here's the measure or the extent of our trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not just some of your heart. Not just put some of your heart in it. Not just give some of your trust to the Lord. All of it. With all of your heart. And the heart, when the scripture talks about the heart, it's all that we are, is what it's referring to. It's, It's our real, true self. It's, it's all of our, of our hopes and our dreams and our ambitions and our goals and our desires. It's, it's what really drives us. It's, it's what makes us who we are. It's the real person deep within. So the Bible here is instructing us to trust, to choose, because trust is a choice, like I already said, to determine that you are going to trust, and not just anyone, but the Lord God himself, the Lord God Almighty, and the way, the extent, the measure of our trust is is every part of it, every bit of it, with all of our heart. That means every fiber of our being, everything we are, we are to put in our trust and put all of that onto God. And the reason that we're to do that with all of our heart is because... Let's face it, let's be honest. 
our heart, our heart needs to be constantly taken from dependence on the very shaky security found in the world and in circumstances and in people. It needs to be taken from that and made, forced, caused instead to rest in the completely solid, unchanging security found only in God. We need to be constantly capturing our heart and taking it in captivity to God. We need to be constantly resting it away from all the distraction and focus that we so easily have in the things of of earth and the things of the flesh and disappointment with other people. We need to take it from all that and, and just give it and rest it squarely on the only one who will never let us down. Because let's be often, or let's be honest, too far too often that's what we do. We chase. We chase and we pursue and we focus on all the things that are outside of who God is and what he is. So, so many times we're, we're just so distracted and our dependence and our trust is, is in things or in people that at some point or in some way will always let us down and leave us wanting. You know, there's a lot of great people in your life, I'm sure. There's a lot of great people in my life. I've been very blessed to have incredible people in and around my life. But if I depend on those people as great as they are for my well-being, if that's who I depend on, those great people for my purpose and my hope, if I put all of my trust in and on them, then at some point, no matter who they are, in some way, even in a small way, they are going to let me down. And vice versa. I will always let them down in some way, in some fashion. Because no human can ever perfectly be the source of complete trust. It's far too great a burden to place on someone else. They're never going to be able to live up to that. And it's not because they don't want to. It's not even because they didn't try to. It's because they can't. We have too much inherent human weakness and limitation. Our our perspective is never going to be wide enough, right? It's never never gonna happen. So instead of with all of our heart trusting circumstance and situations to be right, to be ideal, instead of with all of our heart trusting in the right people in office and in leadership, instead of with all of our heart trusting in our ability or our gifts or our skill set, instead of all that, we need to change our focus and take our heart and completely, with everything we are, cast it on to God and choose to trust Him with everything we are. So trust In the Lord, who he is, his character, his track record, that's what allows us to do that. That's how we can make that choice. All he is, all he has done, with all of our heart, not just some of it, not compartmentalized, not segmented, all of it. And here's what we're we're to do after that. And lean not, lean not, on your own understanding. That, that literally, that lean not, that literally means prop yourself up. 
It's saying, don't do that. As you're choosing to trust the Lord God Almighty because of who He is, because of all He's done, with all your heart, here's something else you need to be deliberately doing, deliberately choosing. You're deliberately choosing not to prop yourself up on your own understanding. And really when we think about it, of course, I mean that makes total sense. It's utterly, absolutely foolish to lean on, to prop yourself up on your own understanding. Now, I mean, there's a lot of smart people that I'm talking to right now. You guys, I mean, you're pretty smart. Some of you more than others. <laughs> Just joking. Just kidding. Trying to wake you up a little bit. No, you're smart people. There's a lot that you can do, a lot that you can understand, a lot that you can process. But the smartest, brightest of you, no matter how high your aptitude may be, your understanding is still limited. And mine is as well. Our perspective is always going to be limited, no matter how long we've lived, no matter how wise we may be, no matter what God has gifted us in terms of intelligence and skills, it's going to be limited. We can only see so far ahead. We're human. That's why it it really just makes no sense to put our weight on our own understanding. Our understanding, which can be so easily altered by how we feel, by emotion, right? By circumstance, by situation, I mean, we can be fine one minute and then something happens and our emotions are all a mess and we don't look at anything rationally for several minutes or hours or days even. I mean, we can get messed up pretty quickly. We can get messed up pretty easily. Our perspective can get skewed incredibly easy, easily and dramatically. It doesn't take much at all. Our our reasoning ability, our ration, our rationale, it, it can be just so easily and quickly affected. So it really makes no sense at all to prop ourselves up, to prop our hope up, to prop our, our, our strength and our focus and our perspective up on, on what we have. It makes no sense at all. So lean not on your own understanding. Here's the contrast to that. In all your ways, submit to him. So see, see, what, see the contrast there? Do not lean on your own understanding. And, and back farther to the beginning, trust in the Lord. Choose to put your trust in the Lord God, the Eternal One, the Almighty One, with all of your heart, all of your being. And as you're doing that, choose, guard against, leaning up on your own understanding. Don't do that. In all your ways, in all your ways, Submit to him. That means you take everything you are, all of your your goals, all of your hopes, all of your dreams, all of your thoughts, all your ambitions, all your plans that we all have, especially here at this time of year when the year just gets started. You know, there's all these things you, you hope to see happen. There's all these things you want to accomplish in your life, in your work, in your family. And that's all good. That, there's nothing wrong with that. What we need to do, though, the wise thing to do, and what we're challenged and commanded, directed here to do, is to take all of that and submit it to him. It's saying, here is the title, the deed, to my life, God. To my year, God. To my work, to my family, etc., etc. Here's everything that is me. Here's the deed. 
Here's my signature at the bottom. You fill out the top. Everything you want it to be. Everything you want it to say. Exactly how you want this to progress and go. It's yours, and here's my signature. I'm, I'm surrendering. It's, it's yielding to the sovereignty of a perfect God over your life. That's what is meant by submit to him. In all your ways, submit to him. It means leave nothing out. It means you're not saying, which we so often do, okay, God, you can have this part of me, but over here, no, no, that's off limits. God, I'll give you absolute first place in in all of these areas of life, but over here, no, it's saying everything I am, everything I want to be or hope to be, everything I have planned, it's yours, I'm yours, it's all you. God, you are the master over it all. You are the sovereign Lord of everything I am and everything I do. Here, Here you go. And it's choosing to do that moment by moment by moment, day after day. It's a choice. It's submitting. It's handing over the keys to him. Now here's the great part. Here's the really great part. If we are doing these things, if we're, if we're consistently walking in this way, if we're moment by moment choosing, choosing deliberately to trust in the Lord God, because remember, it doesn't happen automatically. It never will. It's going to have to be your choice that you place your trust in the Lord God, that he is trustworthy, and you choose to do that with all of your heart, not some, but all, and you're, you're not leaning on your own understanding, you're acknowledging that that's just foolishness and that it just is going to get you into trouble like it always has, so you don't do that. In all your ways, everything that you're, you're about, you're submitting it to him. Here you go, God. Here you go, God. Your will over mine. Your will, not mine. Look at what the promise is. Verse 6. And he will make your paths straight. Isn't that good news? We all want that, don't we? We all want to know that the way forward is clear and that it's straight. doesn't mean that there's not going to be hazards along the way, but we want to still be able to see a clear path through. You know, as I was coming, driving here, and I'm sure many of you had the similar experience that, that there was kind of a section of the road that was clear without anything on it, but around it was all covered still. But there, there was just this, this, this kind of thin path. And that's what I, I focused on, right? That's what I looked at as I was driving, and I'm sure you did the same thing. See, that's very similar to our experience in life. That's our journey of life. That's a good representation. It doesn't mean that there's never going to be anything in the road or on the road that we have to watch out for or be aware of. That's not what God promised. He didn't say... Ever, your journey with me as my child through Christ is going to be absolutely free of any obstacle. You're going to just have a smooth set of road like it's just paved. That's never what was promised. What was promised is there's going to be potholes that will swallow your car like we have here in wonderful wild West Virginia. There's going to be those. But I'm going to guide you around them if you'll listen, if you'll look. If you'll trust, if you rely on me, if you'll depend on me and not your own understanding, if you will in all your ways acknowledge and submit and surrender and yield to me, to my plan for your life, to my goodness over your life and to my sovereignty over you, if you'll do that, then I will make your path straight. 
doesn't mean they will be straight in and of themselves. doesn't mean they'll ever, they won't ever have a turn or, or anything in them. It just means if your focus, if your trust, if your dependence, if your surrender all remains in and on our perfect God and Father, he will always guide you through safely. That's the promise. That's the promise. And we all want to know that our paths are straight. We all want to know what God's will is for our life. We all want that. Even if you don't fully admit that to yourself, there's that desire there. You want to know you're here for something. You want to know that your life matters. You want to know that there's a purpose for your life, that it's not just all chance and coincidence. We all want to know that. And, and anyone who comes to God through Christ very early on in their life, they're going to feel this, this need to know what God's will is for them personally. So if you're in Christ this morning, that's going to be true of you. You're going to want to know, God, what is your will for me? Well, he's going to let us know. He doesn't want to hide it from us. That's not what he's about. He will make it clear. He will make it plain. If and as we are trusting in him with all of our hearts. And not leaning on our own understanding. And as in all of our ways we are submitting to him, then every time the result will be that he will make our paths straight. Or he will make our paths known to us. He will make it clear. Because he's a good, good father. Do you believe that this morning? That's the question that's before all of us. Do we believe that this God is trustworthy? And if the answer is yes, which it absolutely can be and should be every time, then we can successfully keep moving forward. And that's what we all want. We all want forward motion. None of us want to be stuck in a rut. None of us want that. We hate that when that happens. You know the feeling, like I'm just spinning my wheels, I'm not going anywhere. It's a horrible feeling. None of us want that. And none of us certainly want to keep going backwards. I mean, we, we want to keep moving forward. We want to know we're, we're going somewhere. The way to keep moving forward, church, is to keep trusting in the God who's calling you forward. That's the way to keep moving forward. Let's pray. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 really is like the blueprint for life. I mean, it really is. I mean, there's a lot in Scripture that you take and you say, oh, wow, that's just, that's direction for life. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I mean, it really, it's like, it's like page one of the blueprint. And it's applicable for all of life, every area. But it's not going to mean really anything to you. And the promises that it gives, the result there in verse 6 is really not going to be able to be claimed by you unless and until you commit yourself fully to Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. He's what makes all of that we just read possible. He's the key. It all comes down to him like all of Scripture does. He's the center. So if you have not first yielded yourself to him as your Savior as the Lord of your life, then nothing else that we just read is really going to be much use to you. 
So I wonder, could I have the honor and the privilege of praying for you if you're here today and that's you? If you're here today and you remain outside of Christ up to this point, but the Spirit of God has worked in your heart, and you don't even know what that means right now, and that's okay. But the Spirit of God has been working. You feel this pull. You feel this tug. Something in your mind is, is finally clicking into place. You know what? I think I actually believe that. I think that's true. I think, wow, I, I think this is the real deal. I, I need to give my life to Jesus. And that's all you know right now. That's, that's great. That's where we all have to start. Could I have the privilege of praying for you if that's you? Just let me know by slipping up your hand. I'm not going to call you up here and embarrass you. I I just want to pray for you. Is there anyone that would say, that's me? You just described me. Anyone at all? Okay. Then, my brother and sisters in the Lord, our year has just started. How are you doing? My guess is, I mean, it's, you know, it's January 8th. My guess is you've already had something happen or many somethings <laughs> that have distracted and discouraged you and weighed you down and your focus is already off. You know what? God knows that too and he loves you and his mercy remains on you. His grace remains available to you and he remains for you. We just have to trust him. We all have to trust him. And it's a, it's a moment-by-moment choice. And it's a moment-by-moment fight, not just daily. Is there anyone who I could pray for specifically that is just really feeling that in a, in a very intense way, that, that struggle to trust? If you're honest, you'd have to say what the man that Jesus uh, healed, the, the boy who was possessed, where he came to Jesus and he said, if, if you can, Jesus, if you can help me out, if you can deliver my son. And Jesus said, can? <laughs> he that believes anything is possible to him. And he said in this moment of beautiful honesty, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Maybe that's you, and you're, you're just crying out to the Lord, help my unbelief, because my unbelief is outweighing my belief right now. Is there anyone that would say, that's me? Let me pray for you, please. Is there anybody? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Okay. Father, I thank you for your word, the power of it, the relevance of it. I thank you for the promises of it. I thank you that through your word we see over and over and over that you are a perfect God who perfectly keeps all of his promises and shows up and and comes to our aid and is with us and for us perfectly all the time. Thank you, God, that we can look back over our lives, those of us who are in Christ and who have followed him for any time at all. We can look back and see example after example of how you came through, how you were with us and for us, how you were faithful. No one else can do that for us, God. There is no one in our lives that has the track record of faithfulness and trustworthiness that you do. So we just want to collectively say thank you for being who and what you are. Father, I pray specifically for my brothers and sisters who raise their hands saying, yeah, that's me. I, I'm, I'm like the man that said that to Jesus. Help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm struggling. I'm trying to trust, but it's hard. Father, I pray for them specifically right now. I ask that your spirit would work in them directly. 
that he would infuse them with just fresh power to trust, that, that he would enable and empower them to trust you fully with all their heart, not just some, that you would enable them by the power of your spirit to stop leaning on their own understanding or experience or circumstance or whatever, and that in all of their ways they would submit to you or acknowledge you and your lordship, knowing that as they do that, as all of us do that, you will every time direct our paths or make our paths straight or make our paths clear and known to us because you're a good, good father. So I pray for them. I pray for all of us in this way. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for being trustworthy. Thank you that in and through you we can all keep moving forward. And I pray by the power of your spirit that as an individual and as a church we would indeed keep moving forward. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.